If time would permit, we would try to do Genesis 27 and go right into 28, because if you look exactly how 27 ends, it literally goes right into 28. Time does not permit, so I don't know exactly where we're going to stop tonight, because really Genesis 27 and 28 and even into 29 is one continual flow. As we mentioned last week, our focus now is off Isaac, and it's really now turning to Jacob. So we've gone through Abraham, who was the patriarch that God gave the promise of, that through Abraham the world would be blessed. And they were, through obviously the Messiah came through Abraham. Abraham and Isaac. And so we had one chapter where we kind of dealt with Isaac in Genesis 26. And now we're into Jacob and Esau. Now Jacob is very important. He's going to take center stage here for the rest of the book of Genesis. Because Jacob actually has his name changed to Israel. And it's through Jacob that we have the twelve tribes, which become the 12 tribes of Israel. So Jacob really is becoming the key component here as we go through our continuous study through Genesis. Now, my first note that I took on my paper here today is, is everybody's wrong in this chapter. There, there is really not much redeemable in any of the characters that happen tonight. As we talk about Isaac, as we talk about Rebekah, as we talk about Jacob, as we talk about Esau, this is a dysfunctional family. Everybody is lying to each other. Everybody's hiding the truth from each other. They want to kill each other. This is just dysfunctional. You could probably relate to a lot of what's going on here tonight. And it's kind of interesting because Isaac is the only patriarch in the book of Genesis that only had one wife. And he still has all these problems that come along with it. So everybody is wrong tonight. And what we're basically going to do is we're going to set the scene and we're going to talk uniquely about why each person is wrong. Now... This is not one of those chapters where, like I said, there's a lot of good that we can say, hey, learn from Isaac, learn from Jacob, learn from Esau or Rebekah. It's going to be more like, let's look at what they did wrong. you got to remember what Paul wrote in Corinthians. Paul said the purpose of the Old Testament is that these people that are mentioned were given to us as an example to live by. An example of what to do and also an example of what not to do. So we can learn what not to do by studying these guys out as well. So Genesis 27 verse 1. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. Then he said, Behold, now I am old, I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out for the field and hunt game for me, and make me savory food such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that I my soul may bless you before I die. Now just remember the little bit of background here. Jacob and Esau are twins. So these are the sons of Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. Esau is the older, so he should inherit the blessing. This blessing is a big deal. It's not only the blessing of the possessions, but it's also the blessing spiritually of whoever inherits the blessing also has the Messiah come through their line. Well, if you remember a couple chapters ago, Esau kind of had disdain for the birthright, so he sold it to Jacob for some stew, if you remember a couple chapters ago. Well, now Isaac is getting older, and he's getting ready to die, he thinks. So he says, Esau, it's time for me to pass the blessing on to you. God gave Abraham this blessing, Abraham gave me the blessing, and now I'm giving you the blessing and passing it on to you. Now, we already know, and it was already prophesied chapters ago, that what happened was, is that Jacob is the one that would inherit the blessing. So what's the first thing we see wrong here? Isaac is trying to step around God's will. Have you ever done that? Probably we don't want to admit that publicly, but you kind of know what the Lord wants you to do, and you do everything in your power to not do it. I mean, not blatant outright sin. No, we're not those type of heathens, but this idea 
of, I know what God wants me to do, and I, and I just keep, keep tiptoeing around it. Maybe it's something he's told you to stop, and you don't stop. Maybe it's something he's told you to start, but you don't start. Maybe it's somebody you're supposed to contact. Maybe it's somebody you're supposed to make peace with. I don't know what it is. But you know what the Lord has called you to do, and you do everything you can to not have to do it. Isaac knows the blessing's going to go to Jacob. He knows this. But yet Isaac is still like trying to sneak this in. Esau, I'm going to bless you. So, remember also, Esau is a daddy's boy, and Jacob is a mama's boy. That's been established as well, too. So what happens, verse 5, doesn't this read like a soap opera? Now, Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make me savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock, bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food for them for your father, such as he loves. She knows how to cook for him. Verse 10, then you shall take it to your father and he may eat it and that he may bless you before his death. So now we're introduced to mom. I mean, you, I just envision mom listening in on the other side of the tent. And so she's listening in and she sees her precious little boy, Jacob. He's going to get stepped over. So she has to step in and do something. So what's Rebecca doing long? Rebecca's not trusting the Lord. Remember, the Lord gave the prophecy to Rebekah, saying the younger will, the older will serve the younger. So she knows the Lord told her while the twins were in her womb that Jacob would be blessed, that he would get it. But she's not trusting the Lord. God's not moving quick enough, what have you. She has to step in and do it herself. Now, do we ever do that? It's not that we're going against God's will. We're just speeding up God's process. And we kind of defend it. Because this is what the Lord wants. I'm just going to help do it. And the best way to help speed up God's process is obviously by being deceitful and lying. I mean, that's just the greatest way to do it. We've already seen this. This doesn't work. Remember the whole Hagar and Abraham thing? God promised Abraham and Sarah a child. Wasn't moving quick enough, so Sarah had the great idea. Hey, Abraham, go sleep with Hagar. That way we can at least get a kid. Speed up God's will. Speed up God's process. So Isaac is trying to step around God's will. Rebecca is not trusting the Lord. So what about Jacob? Verse 11, And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. That's what Esau means, hairy. I'm a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be a deceiver to him, and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and get them for me. Jacob's name means deceiver. That's what his name actually means, is deceiver. Jacob is thinking this through. What he's kind of doing is basically saying, what do I need to do to make this work? How can I bend the rules? It's a classic example of how thin does the ice have to be before I fall through? How much can I play with fire before I get burned? What do I need to do? So they're thinking of this deception. And Jacob is a deceiver. Can you imagine what would happen if the family would just get together and speak truth? If Rebecca would just say, guys, listen, when I was pregnant with you, the Lord appeared to me and said that the younger will actually be blessed and the older will serve the younger. Esau, we love you, but this is God's plan for your life. I mean, doesn't that seem to make a little bit more sense? Rather than this woman hiding out behind a tent. And you know how the story goes. Jacob's going to go put goat hair on his arms. We have goats. 
I wouldn't want to wear goat hair on my arms. This is just deception. Look what she says in verse 13. Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. Let your curse be on me. Now we can either stop and say, wow, what a mom. Or we can stop and say, you're trying to force God's will. Did Rebecca get cursed? Well, it depends how you look at it. Her precious child, Jacob, she never sees him again. She sends Jacob away at the end of this chapter because Esau's so angry, he wants to kill Jacob. And so she sends him away to be safe, and she dies before Jacob gets to come back. I'm not saying that's a curse of the Lord. I'm not trying to read too much into that. But her precious child that she wanted to see blessed and safe, she never got to see. She never got to see. Jacob here is willing to lie about anything. You know people like that? You can't just trust a single word they say. I love honesty. I love people that speak truth, even if it's truth I don't want to hear. I I just ran into someone recently that used to come out here to church, and they don't anymore. They moved away. They popped back up for a second. And so we saw each other, and they didn't recognize me at first. And so I went up to them, and I said, hey, they said, oh, they, they popped out to church to see me. They actually asked, is Pastor James here? And I said, no, I'm right here. And they looked at me and they said, you look so different. I said, yeah. I said, I got lazy. I said, I, you know, I, I grew a beard. Came over, patted my stomach and said, that's not the only thing that grew. <laughs> See, complete truth. Doesn't bother me. I completely get it. She said, you're starting to look like what Santa Claus would look like if they were. You know exactly where she stands on anything. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with this is this whole little pretend type thing. Step around God's will. Not trust the Lord. How do I need to lie? Oh man, that is never going to work. It never works. Deception, lying, half-truths, forcing God's will, stepping around God's will, that will never work. There will be a temporary appeasement of something, but long-term, it's never worth it in any way whatsoever. Honesty, truthfulness, straightforwardness. I love the passage in Ephesians. Speak the truth in love. Not truth to the point to be hurtful, but loving truth to say, I care enough about you to say, we got to talk about this. You don't see this in this family in any way whatsoever. Let's stop real quick right there in verse 13. Anybody have any quick questions, comments about anything we covered here thus far before we move on with the rest of it? Okay. Let's see what happens. Verse 14, he went out and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, which were with her in her house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. She put the skins of the kids of the goats on his hands and the smooth part on his neck. Now, I, I don't mean to make a joke and pick on Esau. This guy had to be a hairy man. I mean, he had to be a hairy man. You know, if they're putting goat skin on Jacob... To make it look like Esau. And in just a couple of verses, Isaac actually rubs his arms and says, well, that's what Esau feels like. Esau felt like a goat. There's just no way around that. Verse 17, she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, there's no way around this. This is, this is just I want to make you, before we read verse 19, just look at me. Don't read 19. I know you're already reading it. This is God's chosen guy. This is God's chosen guy that he's going to rename Israel and that the 12 tribes come through and this is going to be the father of the 12 tribes. God's chosen guy just flat out lies. Verse 19, I am Esau, your firstborn. This is the people that God works with. 
You know, we are all disqualified for service to the Lord. It is only by the grace of God that any of us are able to do anything. We are all disqualified people. God still has grace. I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. And Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Do you realize verse 20? Be careful when you invoke the name of the Lord. We say this out here a lot. Be very careful if you ever say, Thus saith the Lord. Because if you're going to say, Thus saith the Lord, you better make sure that thus saith the Lord. We sometimes as Christians throw it out way too much. Well, the Lord told me. I prayed about it and God said, I've shared this with you before. If I ever run into somebody who I, it seems like they're not walking in the path or maybe they should be walking or maybe it's just a gray area, I usually say, have you prayed about this? And, and, and can you say with confidence that this is where the Lord has led you? Because if you can't say with confidence this is where the Lord has led you, why are you doing it? So for him to say, the Lord your God brought it to me, verse 20, that's a huge statement. God blessed me to do this. No, this is outright deceit and lie. And now he's bringing God into it. Verse 21, Isaac said to Jacob, please come near, that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. He said, Bring it near me, and I will eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of clothing and blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son. Now I want to stop here for a second. The question comes up. Isaac has to know, doesn't he? I mean, he has to know. I, you know, when we first were introduced to Jacob and Esau a few chapters ago, I, I just kind of guessed. I assumed that Esau had this very deep bass voice. I mean, this was a man's man. You just kind of assume that Jacob was not Esau. So the question comes up, why is Isaac doing this? Now, there's a lot of reasons to stop and think, and maybe you as parents, maybe there's been times in your life where you just kind of did something for your kids, and you look back now, and you're like, why did I do that? I mean, that wasn't the most helpful thing. It really wasn't the best idea, but you just get caught up in it. I mean, this is your child. I mean, did Isaac convince himself saying, Jacob would never lie to me like this? I mean, seriously, look, look at how many times. This almost reminds me of Little Red Riding Hood, you know. Why is your mouth so big? You know, why is, I mean, look at everything he's saying right here. Verse 20. How did you get it so quickly? Verse 21 is almost doubt. I need to feel you to make sure. Verse 23. You're, you're, you're hairy like Esau, but the voice doesn't match up. Verse 24, just flat out. Are you really my son? I mean, Isaac is having doubts here. But yet, he's willing to still go through this because, you know what, as parents, we never really want to think that about our children. I shared with you a story a couple Sundays ago, and I, I won't repeat the whole thing. We had an issue with our third one, Kenan, where he was lying about something at home. And, and I got down on my hands and knees, and I looked him in the eye, and I said, don't lie to me, buddy. You know, no, don't lie to me. He goes, I promise you I'm not. Dawn did the same thing. Don't lie to me. promise you. He said, okay, you, you promised you wouldn't lie to us. And then we found out later that he just outright lied. And, but as a parent, you just want to believe so bad. You just want to believe so bad. 
Verse 27, he came near and kissed him and smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, my God, give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and the plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. I tell you, that blessing is still true for Israel today. I don't want to get on too much of a side note right now, but verse 29, Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. You've got to be careful in what you think about Israel. Those are God's chosen people. They not be, may not be walking in the truth of Jesus Christ at this moment, but Romans 9, 10, and 11 promise us their eyes will be open to the truth of Jesus. And I, and I say this all the time. When Israel gets it, that's when the real party starts. We want to make sure that we're on the side of blessing those who bless Israel. As a people, as a nation, as a church, as individuals, blessing those who bless Israel. So, Jacob gets the blessing. Verse 30, now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. Jacob had scarcely gone out of the tent from the presence of his father, and Esau's brother came in from his hunting. I mean, this is like a movie almost. You just have this vision of Jacob running out. Esau, like, comes right in. He also made savory food and brought it to his father, verse 31, and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of my son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly. That phrase, trembled exceedingly, does not do it justice. If you look up that phrase, trembled exceedingly, in the original Hebrew, it's the same words that God used to describe what it was like when the floodwaters came over the earth. This is not just... Trembling. This is not just shaking. This is almost uncontrollable shaking because Isaac at that moment realized what just happened. You know what just happened there? Do you realize what just happened in verse 33? God's will was done. God wanted Isaac to bless Jacob. Now, Isaac stepping around God's will, it wasn't going to work. Rebecca not trusting the Lord and forcing her will, well, yeah, it happened, but it didn't happen the right way. Jacob being the deceiver, he's got some heart issues that needs to be worked on. Guess what's going to happen to Jacob for about the next 14 years? If you've studied out the Bible before, you know, Jacob goes meet somebody that's even a bigger deceiver than him. His name is by the name of Laban. And you know what happens? Laban puts Jacob in his spot. Now, we're, what happens with Esau? Troubled exceedingly and said, verse 33, Who, where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. Verse 33 is an important passage. Right there you see there's no going back. I had somebody ask me one time, well, why couldn't Jacob just not take the blessing? Isaac just gives it. Nope, it's done. If you actually go study this out in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that by faith, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Where's the faith aspect? Verse 33. Isaac has just accepted in verse 33 that Jacob got the blessing. Verse 34. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me also, O my father. Please note in verse 34, looking at the context of this, looking at Esau's life, there is no reason to think that Esau wanted the spiritual blessing. He wanted possessions. He wanted power. That's what he wanted. Esau had such a disdain for the spiritual side of this blessing. That's why God didn't want him. God wanted Jacob because he knew what Jacob could become. Jacob at this time is not a good role model. Give Jacob a couple decades and you see the man that Jacob can become. 
Verse 25, but he said, your brother came away with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? Which means deceit. For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Then Isaac answered and said to him, Esau, indeed I have made him your master. And all his brethren I have given to him as servants with grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Now the Bible says that Esau sought repentance with tears, but could not find any. Now, that's an interesting passage. Have you ever seen somebody so worked up, so sorrowful, so sad... But they're really not sorry. I've had, I've had people pop into my office before that have got themselves in trouble on things. Got themselves in trouble with the law. So they come into my office, they sit down, and, and they go through this long spiel about how they're sorry, they want their life to change, etc. And once they get through it, I usually stop and just ask them a simple question. If you wouldn't have got caught, would you still be sitting here right now? Every one of them says, everyone says no. So I ask them, is your repentance true godly repentance are you just sorry you got caught that's a hard issue that has to be worked out Esau is not repenting Esau is not hurt over oh I missed the spiritual blessing my my descendants could have had the Messiah I could have been the father of Israel no Esau missed out on everything the possessions Isaac his father answered and said to him verse 39 behold your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother, and it shall come to pass, and you shall become restless, and you'll break his yoke from your neck. Esau's descendants become Edom, and Edom and Israel have a few run-ins throughout the years. Verse 41, So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father at hand, and then I will kill my brother Jacob. A quick little side note from best we can study out. Isaac lived about another 25 years. So Esau basically says, my dad's going to die, then I'll kill Jacob. Isaac, way back at the beginning of chapter 27, says, I'm basically getting ready to die. It's time to bless you. Side note, you don't know when you're going to die. I know that's such a simplistic point. It may be early, maybe late. We, we don't know. Isaac had convinced himself, Esau had convinced himself that dad's about to die, and then I'll kill Jacob. 25 years yet. Verse 42, in the words of Esau, her older son were told to Rebekah, so she sent and called Jacob her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee to my brother Laban and Haran, and stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away. Verse 44, a few days ends up being two plus decades. What do we see here again? Couldn't Rebecca just stopped and said, Jacob, Esau, get in here. I know vision this woman grabbing them both by the ear, you know, bringing them in, sitting them down, saying, boys, I need to tell you, this is God's will. The older shall serve the younger. It happened. That's the way it is. Esau, shut up, get over it. Jacob, don't rub it in your brother's face. Now go play. I mean, that's almost what you see needing to happen. Instead, we're back to more deceit, more lies, more pushing God's will. Best idea is, Jacob, you just flee. That's not the best idea. Verse 45, stay for a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him, and then I will send and bring you from here. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? 
And Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like those who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? Now this just goes right into 28. We don't have time tonight. Basically, Rebekah, more deceit. Hey, Isaac, I think we should send Jacob away because I don't like the girls around here. So let's send Jacob away to find a good wife. More deceit. Last thing I want to show here. Here, Dustin, can you put those slides up real quick? We went, we did a handout for this just a couple weeks ago. So this should be um, a pretty reminder to you. Look at Esau. These are the things that Esau did wrong. We've picked on Rebekah. We've picked on Jacob. We've picked on Isaac. Look at Esau. All of his decisions are based on emotion. Remember, if you remember a couple weeks ago, we said, don't be an Esau. Esau said, look, I'm about to die, so what is his birthright to me? When he gave up his birthright in Genesis 25, he was willing to trade the birthright for food. Emotional. He thought for sure he was going to die. He wasn't going to die. He wasn't starving to death. And we talked about how when we make decisions based on emotions, we're not walking in the Spirit. And these are the decisions, and these are the things. I'm never going to talk to that person. I'm never going to do that again. You always do this. It's that emotional argument rather than seeking the Lord. Despises what is good. He despised his birthright. He had the opportunity to have the Messiah come through his line. He despised it. How often do we despise what's good? We have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. We have the opportunity to affect eternity by being a light and a witness. We have God's Word at our fingertips. Those are some good things. We have a tendency to despise that. Selfish. We just read this today. Bless me. Bless me also, my Father. Bless me. The only thing he wanted was blessings. All he cared about was possessions and things. Next slide, please. And revenge. He just wanted to get back at Jacob. That's all he wanted to do. And we'll get into this one next week. Blatant sin. We find out in just a couple chapters when he heard that um, when he heard that Isaac and Rebekah were happy that Jacob was going to go marry a good uh, good gal. Esau purposely goes out and picks a couple bad gals. He purposely picks some bad gals to bring home to mom and dad just to kind of rub it in his face. What's the result of this? And we've already made reference to that. Hebrews 12, verses 14 through 17. Esau despised what was good. He sought repentance with tears but could find none because his heart was not in the right spot. Final thoughts on this. There's really not a good guy to pull out of this lesson tonight. Isaac is willing to step around God's will. Rebekah is willing to not trust the Lord and force God's will. Jacob is willing to lie about absolutely anything. And Esau, he just cares about blessings. Not the spiritual, but the physical. This family runs into problems. Rebekah is going to die without seeing Jacob. Esau is going to walk in this revenge for a while. And Jacob is going to go spend the next couple decades if you will, almost on the run. And when he comes back, it's still tough. Nothing good comes out of forcing God's will, stepping around God's will, and being deceitful. Nothing. Walk in the path that the Lord has called you in, and that's where the blessings come. Anybody have any final questions, comments about this before we close up here with a word of prayer? Okay. Genesis uh, 28 next week, and we'll continue on with our study then. So let's pray and we'll let you guys go. Heavenly Father, help us just to walk where you've called us to walk, to do what you've called us to do, to keep it simple, Lord. The best place for us is where you want us. Lord, reveal that, show us that, and help us to walk in that. And we stop and we say thank you, Lord, for what you've done and what you're going to do. In your name we pray. Amen.